1: And by Eastern Christian a broadband network for you to learn more about the Eastern Catholic Churches. That's Eastern Christian Glory to
0: Jesus Christ. Welcome to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Loya, your host. And i like to say hello to many of you who are. Great listeners and friends of Light of the East here, especially our friends in Corcoran, California, especially Brothers D and Brother M and their recent converts. Hello to all of you who are in prison. And as Matthew's gospel tells us, we have to visit those who are in prison. So this is my way of visiting all of you. Perhaps I can get out there someday to see you in person, but at least I can come to you this way and hopefully bring you an encouraging message as you do encourage me. So thanks for listening, guys, out there in Corcoran, California. And also... A wonderful letter from Sister Joyce in Burlingame, California. She says, Dear Father Loya, your talks through Immaculate Heart Radio here in Bay Area are so right on. Oh, Thank you, Sister. <laughs> Our little community of Our Lady of Fatima will have its first pastor ever. And his name is Father Kennedy. We are located providentially between 23rd and 24th Street on Gary 31st Boulevard, and with a Russian Orthodox Church, Holy Virgin Mary, next block, and a Roman Catholic Church, St. Monica's, right next door. Boy, is this the new evangelization or what, Sister says. (laughs) So we are praying for you. Please come whenever you can to visit. Well, thank you, Sister Joyce. From Burlingame, California, thank you very much for your kind letter and thanks for listening as always. And also, Chris Karam from San Antonio, Texas, he writes and says, for Light of the East radio show, I want to tell you that I love it. Well, thank you, Chris. That means a lot to us. And I guess that Chris is probably, I suspect, a member of the Maronite Church, which is one of the other Eastern rites of the church. And speaking of special people, we have one on our program today. I'm going to welcome to Light of the East. Anastasia Northrup, who is providentially right now from San Antonio, Texas, and she is the founder and president of TOBIA, which stands for Theology of the Body International Alliance. And she is back from some studies in Europe, and she has lots to share with us that is relevant to our message and mission here at Light of the East. Anastasia, welcome to Light of the East. Glory to Jesus Christ.
2: Glory forever. Thank you, Father.
0: Well, Anastasia, you've been busy over there in Europe. Tell us what you've been doing and where you've been studying.
2: I've been studying at the ITI, which stands for the International Theological Institute, and it's located near Vienna, Austria. And the the very unique thing about the ITI, I mean, there are several, but um, one of the very unique things is that we have both East and West there at the Institute, and they have a special program for Eastern Christian Studies. And so you have both the Roman Catholic Mass and... Um, the Byzantine liturgy offered almost every day there. And um, you have the the different prayers in the community and both rites interacting. So it's really a beautiful uh, witness, and it's, and it's beautiful as far as the one being able to learn about the other.
0: It used to be located at this beautiful location in Gomming, Austria. And then it has moved to, what is the town now? What's it called? Trumau. Trumau. And the one in Gomming still is the site of the... Franciscan University of Steubenville, that's where the students go there to have a, so some sessions in, to study in Europe, and the ITI, National Theological Institute, used to be there as well, but now it is moved, And but it still has this mission of, and basically it was conceived as kind of an ecumenical type thing, or in the new evangelization, was that sort of its conception?
2: Well, certainly along with the whole image of marriage and family, because John Paul II wanted these these institutes. It's it's not the same as the John Paul II Institute for Studies on Marriage and Family, but it was to be a marriage and family institute, and so that is one of their emphases as well. Uh, they also emphasize um, studies with St. Thomas, mm-hmm. and also the the method that they use is Uh, the discussion method and so the students not only they don't come to lectures they they read the text ahead of time and the texts are the teachers really and then when they come to class the professor is the one that leads the discussion and and i find you know that when you have to talk about something it actually you know settles in your brain better you know you you know you can learn it better when you have to discuss it so it's really a valuable method
0: it's almost some, some to me like it's something like the great books approach to things Right. You read the text and you discuss it.
2: But I believe this is the only graduate institute or you know, institute with graduate studies that mm-hmm. are, is using that method. So, But yes, it's like, for example, Thomas Aquinas College in, in California or the Wyoming Catholic College uh, in Wyoming.
0: Mm-hmm. See, in our program, for those of you who listened to us for a while, you'll recall that we have introduced to you two places to study, to learn more about the Eastern Lung of the Church. Many of you ask me, where can we go to learn more about the Eastern Lung of the Church? Well, in terms of studying actually coursework, both online, you know, distance learning, and also attending the the institutions, we've promoted two in particular here. One is the Ukrainian Catholic University in Lviv, Ukraine. The other one is the Sheptitsky Institute in Ottawa, Canada. So Sheptitsky Institute... And Ukrainian Catholic University. But now we have a third one, the one that Anastasia is introducing us to, and that is the International Theological Institute. Now, I had experience with that when I was in Goming, and what I found was very fascinating is, as you said, it, it, you have East and West together, so they can learn from each other, and do what John Paul II said in his Apostolic Letter, which gives us the name of this program. His Apostolic Letter was Oriental Lumen, which means Light of the East. And in that, he talked about the Roman Catholics learning about the Eastern Churches so as to be enriched by them and also to work towards unity. And this international Institute is just a, a wonderful opportunity for that. I remember when I was there, it was it was interesting how the Byzantine priests there who do Byzantine liturgy and, and teach Byzantine studies, and they would actually assist during, for instance, at the Roman Catholic Mass and the Roman Catholic priests would assist during the Byzantine liturgy. I recall that, you know so there was kind of a, a nice interplay and, and a sense of, of community and of the church truly breathing with both lungs, East and West. Uh, Anastasia, tell us a little bit about this experience of studying or being exposed to East and West and its spirituality. What are some of the highlights, some of the things that you've you've been able to contrast or compare in terms of the the eastern theology and the western theology because you had a great opportunity to to see both of them
2: yes well i would say one of the great things was is that i as a as an eastern catholic found that when when i was reading st thomas which like i said is one of the things that they emphasize there is actually reading the summa and and discussing it it was a it was a great opportunity because i think at one point in my life i was kind of uh, not afraid of St. Thomas but oh dear you know, it's so complicated and everything and then being given the opportunity to actually dive in and read it was great and I found that sometimes you'd hear from, from people get this idea that you know he's not Eastern. He's he's mm-hmm. just you know rational, logical, and, and Western, and and those are somehow o- only Western traits, which is obviously not true. There's very um, things things in the East which are obviously yes, it's mystical, but God right. gave us our brains and we use right. them. You know <laughs> exactly. And uh, so and Saint Thomas is there quoting Augustine and Chrysostom and comparing what the different fathers say. You know, so it's it's something that it's, it's a treasure both for for the East and the West. And as far as the the Westerners learning from the East, that not only happened through the liturgy, which it, it certainly did, because not only did we have divine liturgy, but they had like the Akathist every week and, you know, different Eastern prayer services, Vespers. I mean, it was very rich liturgical life. Um, but then when some of the, the Roman Catholics would take the Eastern Christian studies courses um, on divinization or mm-hmm. anthropology and spiritual direction or Christian marriage and monasticism in the East, you know, those are some of them that I... Um, was able to take they were able to learn the the approach of the east and and it was really uh, i think a beautiful opportunity and mm-hmm. those that even if they're not getting the the eastern christian studies license or licentiate you know which is what they offer they can still take those classes and then be better enriched by them. And I was encouraging a lot of other students, look, even if you're not in that program, take those courses because mm-hmm. it'll really enrich your worldview and your understanding of theology.
0: Yes, in fact, Anastasia, whenever I've read Eastern theologians, when one of the reasons that I can, would consider them to be very credible is they will very respectfully, um, credibly quote like St. Thomas. They'll refer to St. Thomas. They won't just... You know, criticize him or being overly rash, whatever. I think that overly rational understanding is something maybe we've done to Saint Thomas, (laughs) rather than sometimes say that Thomists should keep their hands off of Saint Thomas. (laughs) And yes, truly, the gift, one of the geniuses of the Western lung of the church, is its ability to to think very rationally, to be analytical kind of very, they have a very handy way of getting information across in categories and, and structures and so on. And, that, and that's their gift. It's it's a great way to, to, I call it like a delivery system, but it doesn't mean that they are without in the mystical. In fact, Thomas, as I read, in fact, I had a similar experience as you. I had an opportunity to study in Rome and I did study at the Angelicum and which was uh, of course Dominican based, is all about Saint Thomas. And I just uh, found it to be really helpful. And it was a real real interesting for me to actually, even though, a Byzantine Catholic coming from the Eastern perspective, Eastern theologians, Eastern spirituality and so on that I could delve that deeply into Thomas and see where the convergence points are between East and West and how one side might be saying arriving at a similar point as the other, just coming at it from a different way. The two are very enriching, as you said. It's very enriching to learn that way. It's Rather than to think, well, we don't think that way because we're Easterner or vice versa. And and so I think the opportunity we both had, and, and of course we have to credit Europe, (laughs) Right. Exactly. <laughs> for providing that kind of opportunity where you can actually immerse yourself really in, I call it the whole breadth and width of the church, kind of the soul of the church, rather than a, a kind of a more limited approach, a more, more kind of compartmentalized approach. When we come back, we're going to talk more about this wonderful opportunity to learn about both lungs of the church breathing together with our special guest, Anastasia Northrup from Tobiah, the Theology Body International Alliance. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East.
1: I'm Father Thomas Loya, and I'm inviting you to Prairie Fest 2013. You'll find food, fun, games, plus three days of non-stop live music. Prairie Fest, Friday through Sunday, August 9th through the 11th. Friday night, August 9th, it's Maggie Speaks. Then Saturday, August 10th, at one o'clock, a Battle of the Bands. Then at five, the Rhythm Method. At 7:30. Prairie Fest welcomes the legendary Emadar Rush. Rock and roll Then, Sunday morning, August 11th at 11, Polka with the world-famous Eddie Carosa Jr., followed by the Polka Generations Band, and then Harvest Moon. Prairie Fest is located at Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Church, 14610 Wilcook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois. Visit ByzantineCatholic.com, ByzantineCatholic.com. For details and directions to Prairie Fest, Friday through Sunday, August 9th through the 11th, you're listening to Father Thomas Lawyer on Light of the East
0: Welcome back to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Law, your host. Our special guest today, Anastasia Northrup from Tobiah Theology Body International Alliance. And she is here speaking about being international. She is here after studying a bit in Europe, in fact, in particular, at the International Theological Institute. Anastasia, if people want to find out more about this place, where can they go to find it?
2: They have a website, and it's ITI. Iti.ac.at.
0: Iti.ac.at, the International Theological Institute, which again gives a great opportunity for anyone to study and immerse themselves in both lungs of the church. It's an amazing opportunity.
2: And there's also, I helped when I was there, actually create the Facebook page for the Center of Eastern Christian Studies. And so if people like Mm. that page, then they will get more about what's going on there at the Institute. So, and the other thing, it was really a gift to be able to study with people from different countries mm-hmm. and especially, for example, from Slovakia and the Ukraine and other Romania, you know, where the Eastern church is and where the church is, it's the primary, you know, the, the Orthodox and the Greek Catholics, it's a primary expression of the like faith. And so, for example, I had several Slovak students and and Ukrainians. We would have conversations, and especially being Ruthenian, I could mm-hmm. see you know where the church is from and how they experience yes. the liturgy there. And so, I just learned a lot from from mm-hmm. talking to them. And then I also had the gift of being able to go to the Ukraine in uh, for for the Ukrainian Easter this year. And mm-hmm. so I was I went to Ushkarad and Mukachevo, and then also to Lviv and. Uh, for example, in Lviv on Easter, everybody is bringing their Easter baskets on Holy Saturday to get blessed. You know, you just see people walking around town with their Easter baskets. I mean, <laughs> where else would you see that? So it was really, really a gift from God to be able to do that.
0: Yeah, as I oftentimes tell people, there are some parts of the world where the dominant Catholic expression is Eastern Rite or Byzantine. And that's what you experienced by seeing people walk around town with their Easter baskets. So.
2: <laughs> or go to the border at the Ukraine after we were finished going heading home. Say Christos Vosgrés to, yeah. the, to the border guard, and he answers back, well, you see new Vosgrés.
0: <laughs> well, again, I want to emphasize three places of study that are international. You can do them. I, can, I think you can do online. Can you do online at the international?
2: The IT, I know, because there's the emphasis on the uh, being there and oh, yes. the formation and the discussion. So,
0: But the other two places are, and we mentioned them before in our program, and we'll always, from time to time, talk about them, That is the Sheptitsky Institute in Ottawa, Canada, and also the Ukrainian Catholic University in Lviv, Ukraine. Now, Anastasia, I mentioned that you are the founder and president of Tobiah, Theology of the Body National Alliance. Tell us a little bit about that and your involvement in the theology of the body. And how would you describe theology of the body in relation to Eastern Christian spirituality? Because sometimes people think that the two don't go together.
2: Well, right, of course, since John Paul II was obviously Roman, right? They might think that they, they don't. But as an Eastern Catholic, actually, I found that, I mean, that's one of the reasons I went to the ITI was because I thought these are my two loves, the theology of the body and Eastern Christian theology, mm-hmm. and I wanted to see better how they went together. And so I, th- I think, for example, I mean, just a couple things um, that I brought up when I was speaking in, in Zagreb at the Greek Catholic Church there on mm-hmm. theology of the body. They asked me precisely that question, oh. you know, what, what? or there's some points that are specifically Eastern. And I would just say, you know, some things that remind me certainly of Eastern theology would be the emphasis on divinization. Mm-hmm. And you find that in the, the section of the theology of the body where John Paul is talking about who we will be after the resurrection mm-hmm. in heaven. And he has talking about divinization and spiritualization there. And so, you know, that's one thing. And um, certainly another one would be in the beginning in the garden and everything this and throughout the whole book i think this emphasis on sacramentality and you know in the east the eastern theology is very incarnational and trinitarian mm-hmm. and so i think you you really see that in the theology of the body it's all about the incarnation and the fact that god became man and so it's to me it ties together beautifully even mm-hmm. though the writing itself the, the the pope being roman catholic
0: yes and again i always like to say that part of the genius of the West is in that they can come up with, as John Paul II did with the al great delivery systems for these truths. And these truths are ones that converge the point of east and west. It's not like there's one truth that's west, one that's east. They converge, but they come at it from different points of view. And in the end, you arrive at the same place, but you might have that place <laughs> come to you through a delivery system and that is the genius of the West. And just to give you an example, Anastasia it referring to some of John Paul II's Theology of the Body. And this is his discussion. It's number 67, in which he's talking about the resurrection. When Jesus speaks of the resurrection in Matthew 22, where we neither take wife nor husband, but are like angels. We live like angels in heaven. And he's addressing this issue. And John Paul II's comment on this goes this way. The words of synoptics attest that man's state in the upper world will not only be a state of perfect spiritualization, but also of the fundamental divinization of his humanity. The sons of the resurrection, as we read in Luke 20, 36, are not only equal to the angels, but also sons of God. One can draw the conclusion that the degree of spiritualization proper to eschatological man will have its source in the degree of his divinization, incomparably superior to what can be reached in earthly life. One should add that here we are not dealing only with a different degree, but in some way with another kind of divinization, participation in the divine nature, participation in the life of God himself, penetration and permeation of what is essentially human, but what is essentially divine, will then reach its peak, so the life of the human spirit will reach a fullness that was absolutely inaccessible to it before. Well, that's certainly Eastern to me, isn't it? Definitely. (laughs) It's Eastern and it's Western. In other words, it's rock-solid, bottom-line, ultimate destiny, spirituality, or theology. And so we have that right here in John Paul II's Theology of the Body. Now, what are some of the other things that you learned in sort of in comparison or contrast uh, in the theology of the East and West? Not not that they're opposed to each other, but in terms of the different ways that they approach things or look at things. It's a lot of times a matter of emphasis or, or approach. Was there anything like that? Did you notice in studying there?
2: Well, just off the top of my head, the, the emphasis, um, when we were in the Anthropology and Spiritual Direction class, we were talking about discussing how the fathers talk about how the the evil one tempts us you mm-hmm. know and so in the west for example you have the seven deadly sins and they they start with pride being the the worst sin and uh, but in the east the starting point would actually be gluttony mm-hmm. and and it would and so the progression of like what leads which temptation leads to the next one and and um, how we go from temptation to actually giving in to sin and then obviously the practical side how you resist that or how mm-hmm. you guide people in the spiritual life I mean simple things like that uh, were things that I noticed
0: and what's interesting is that that list of deadly sins which in the east they call the gizmoy or like like th- the, like thoughts evil thoughts in, right thoughts they end up in the east with pride in the west they begin with pride in the east they end up with pride now there's another classic example of arriving at the same point by different ways why does the east end up with pride well because they say that even if you could lick the other ones, right. <laughs> the one that's always gonna remain is pride. <laughs> the last one to be licked is pride. And the West flips it around and says it's the it's the mother of all sins, it's the principal one. So they put it at the top. So again, I think that's one of those classic examples of where we arrive at the same point, but coming at it from different ways. And the list in in the East are they involve eight deadly sins, what we call it. In the West it's seven. But the point is is that they are speaking about the way that the fallen side of us, original sin, manifests itself and through through what we might call the, the passions. You know, there was that part of us which makes us most like God. It's it's that special kind of, of energy and grace in us that unfortunately, of course, was badly wounded by original sin. So there's so our passions have a fallen side to them. Our passions are not bad, they're good they are positive energies. They're, as Benedict XVI said in his first encyclical, he talked about eros. And he says, you know, the eros So what we know as erotic. It's not in the sense that we think of erotic, but it's that striving of the heart towards God. And that that is what we mean. That's, that's really what we mean by passion. It's that, it's that desire, that energy for God that, of course, is what the devil was going to want to injure, because that's the thing that Pulls us towards God, that immerses us in the life of the Trinity, it helps us to experience, to love as God loves. That's what we mean by our passions. And so they were injured, so they they easily go out of control. They're not bad in themselves; they're good. They just go out of control. And that was a great focus of the spiritual masters of East and West when it comes to to morality and purity of heart and moral living. Anastasia, your work in the theology of the body is actually involved a lot of work with single people. And you have something coming up I think our listeners should know about.
2: Yes, well, we're very excited because we have the National Catholic Singles Conference coming up September 27th to the 29th outside of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And actually, Father Tom will actually be there to speak. So, (laughs) And two of the great things with the conference are that, yes, it's for single people, and it brings together both the this idea of theology of the body and how we're formed in that and how to make a gift of self as single people. And then also, I always try to make sure we have the aspect of the Eastern Church. Being Byzantine myself, I want to expose people mm-hmm. to the riches of the Eastern Church. So Father Tom Loy will be there to help us do that.
0: Well, Anastasia, where can people go to find out about this?
2: Our website is nationalcatholicsingles.com and all the information is there. Again, and the, nationalcatholicsingles.com.
0: And the dates once again?
2: September 27th to the 29th, 2013.
0: Now that's September, but... But I'll, I'm going to tell everybody where they're going to be in August. In fact, to be specific, Friday to Sunday, August 9th through 11th. And that's here at Annunciation, Byzantine Catholic Parish, the center, the home, the studio of Light of the East, in which we have our annual Prairie Fest, which is nonstop live music of all kinds with lots of great Slavic foods, homemade Slavic foods. We got raffles, we got a wonderful kids' games, we give tours of our church, which is painted from floor to ceiling with icons, and tours of our award winning prairie. Our environmental plan. 10 acres of which has been noted by environmentalists as an example. So once again, those dates are Friday to Saturday, August 9th to 11th. Go to ByzantineCatholic.com for more information for Prairie Fest. Now, Anastasia, our guest, you are from currently from San Antonio, Texas, and there is a Byzantine community there, right?
2: Yes, it's actually St. Anastasia, Byzantine Catholic community. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't my idea, but I love it. Anyway, um, yeah, we meet uh, twice a month for the Divine Liturgy, and so we're trying to grow that community, and it's really a blessing to be able to go back to that.
0: Well, thank you, Anastasia, for being our guest today. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. Thank you for listening.